Welcome to episode 106 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes that object so interesting to astronomers. So let's now run the random number generator. And the coordinates from the random number generator are eighteen hours, fifty three minutes. 4.3 seconds right ascension, and negative 8 degrees, 42 minutes, 22 seconds declination. The coordinates for this episode point to a location in another weird and obscure constellation that neither you nor I have ever heard of. Which means that, once again, it's time for me to rant about stupid constellations. This time, the stupid constellation is Scudum, the shield. This constellation was invented in 1684 by Polish astronomer Johannes Hevelius, and it was supposed to represent the shield of King John III Sobieski of Poland. Although the Milky Way in this part of the sky is relatively bright, the constellation does not contain any notable bright stars, and of course the stars that are present do not look like a shield no matter how big your imagination is. Anyway, the specific object featured in this episode is the globular cluster NGC 6712. If you ask an astronomer about globular clusters, they will tell you that they are spherical clusters of extremely old stars that orbit outside the plane of the Milky Way. If you don't ask an astronomer about globular clusters, they will still tell you that they are spherical clusters of extremely old stars that orbit outside the plane of the Milky Way. They will follow you around and tell you about things like color luminosity diagrams and distance measurements using Cepheid variable stars until you find a way to escape. Anyway, NGC 6712 is a globular cluster located at a distance of about 22.8 thousand light years, or 7,000 parsecs, in roughly the direction of the Milky Way's bulge. This makes it hard to study. One problem is that a large number of stars within the disk and bulge of our galaxy, including the much closer Scutum Stellar Cloud, are located between us and the cluster, making it tricky to identify which stars are part of the cluster. Another problem is that a large amount of interstellar dust within the plane of our galaxy sits between us and the cluster. Interstellar dust absorbs starlight, so NGC 6712 tends to look relatively faint as a result. Nonetheless, the cluster is still very interesting to astronomers for a couple of different reasons. The first indication that NGC 6712 was rather unusual in terms of globular clusters came in a study published in 1999 by a group led by Guido de Marchi. They found that the star cluster strangely seemed to lack the large numbers of small red dwarfs typically found in other globular clusters. 
After evaluating and rejecting various other explanations for why this was happening, Demarchi reached the conclusion that NGC 6712 probably had fewer red dwarf stars because it was much more severely tidally disrupted than the average globular cluster. And the tidal disruptions seemed to have removed the smaller stars from the cluster first. As I mentioned earlier, Globular clusters usually orbit outside the plane of the galaxy in our galaxy's relatively empty halo, which means that they don't interact with other stars within the plane of the galaxy very often, and this helps to explain how typical globular clusters have been able to remain relatively intact for billions of years. NGC 6712 also orbits outside the plane of our galaxy, but it orbits very close to the center of our galaxy. The cluster's orbit takes it on an elliptical path that ranges from about 1500 to 15,600 light years, or 450 to 4800 parsecs, from the center of the Milky Way. Or in other words, its orbit is several times smaller in diameter than the Sun's orbit around the center of the Milky Way. This means that the cluster is going to have a very short orbital period and is going to pass through the plane of the Milky Way relatively frequently. In fact, one study estimated that the cluster may have passed through the plane of the galaxy as recently as 4 million years ago. For reference, it takes the Sun a couple hundred million years to orbit the Milky Way, so in that context, NGC 6712's passage through the plane of the Milky Way was very recent. Every time NGC 6712 passes through the plane of the galaxy, gravitational forces are going to strip away a few more of its stars, and eventually, the cluster will be completely obliterated by these gravitational interactions. As it is, this cluster looks like it currently has a mass 100,000 times the mass of the Sun, which is small by globular cluster standards, but it may have originally been 100 times larger. However, that is not the only interesting thing about NGC 6712. The cluster also contains a rather unusual X-ray source, originally identified in 1976, that has been called a couple of different names, including X1850-087 and 4U1850-08. This object is an X-ray binary system, a star system containing the small core of a dead star, which could sometimes be a black hole, but which in this case is a neutron star, that is gravitationally stripping the outer layers of the other star in the binary system. The gas, as it falls into the neutron star, gets gravitationally compressed and really hot, which causes it to produce X-ray emission. What's extra weird about X1850-087 is that the star that is losing matter might be a white dwarf or another neutron star. Usually, in an X-ray binary system, the star losing its outer gas layers is something like a red giant or red supergiant. It's really unusual to see a neutron star stripping the outer layers of a much more compact object like white dwarf or neutron star. Additionally, the star that is losing its outer gas layers appears to be smaller than 0.04 times the mass of the Sun. It almost doesn't seem to exist anymore. That X-ray binary star system, however, may not be the only unusual star system in the cluster. In 2021, 
a group using radio observational data identified a pulsar in the binary star system within the cluster. This pulsar, which is named J1853-0842 a, is again another neutron star, although this time a rapidly spinning one, and it is stripping the outer layers away from a companion star that seems to be smaller than 0.04 times the mass of the Sun. Okay, it sounds too much like the radio source J1853-0842 a is the same object as the X-ray source X1850-087. Let me just check my references here. Okay, they appear to be different objects. The radio emission from the pulsar was detected at a position that is about 14 arc seconds away from the position of the X-ray source as listed in the Simbad database. Assuming these coordinates are correct, it seems like the X-ray and radio sources are indeed different binary systems that happen to contain neutron stars that have nearly stripped away all of the material from their companion stars. So, back to the system with the pulsar emitting radio waves, J1853 minus 0842a. The two stars in the system orbit each other about every 3 hours and 34 minutes, which is actually quite rapid. The two stars are also oriented in such a way that, as seen from Earth, they eclipse each other. The pulsar spins once every 2.1 milliseconds, which is quite rapid. And the reason why the pulsar spins this quickly is probably because the infalling material caused it to spin up. Radio astronomers call these types of pulsars black widow pulsars, mainly because the pulsar is killing its companion, but also because it just sounds cool. As an additional note, it's rather unfortunate that X-ray astronomers did not come up with a similar name. They're stuck with a relatively boring term, X-ray binary system. Anyhow, that summarizes why astronomers like to spend so much time looking at the globular cluster NGC 6712. The location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of this cluster in the sky is in the foothills of the Andes within the state of Huanuco in Peru. This looks like a location where the climate transitions from the tropical rainforest environment of the Amazon lowlands to the alpine environment of the Andean mountaintops. However, it's still forested, and I would expect that it still contains many of the types of animals associated with the tropical rainforests, including potentially howler monkeys. <coughs> which gives me a good excuse to use my Howler Monkey sound effect. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening. 